Are you sick and tired of ads? Well, this is an ad telling you that you don't need to listen to ads. Stitcher Premium has some of your favorite shows ad-free, like The Joe Rogan Experience, My Favorite Murder, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and the Marvel Original, Wolverine the Long Night. It also includes early access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, comedy albums, and more. Go to stitcherpremium.com and upgrade your account for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Plus, sign up and use our offer code, CAPED, at checkout and get your first month for free. That's CAPED, C-A-P-E-D, for your first month free. Stitcher Premium. It's like Stitcher, but premium. This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Hello, citizens! Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. And I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. This is the show that never had a toilet paper shortage because we know how to use the three seashells. We sure do. We know all about using those seashells. And it's Dave's birthday, so I let him go ahead and pick his own movie for this. And because it's his birthday, we brought along a special guest. We have the Ginger Skull with us, Dave Novak. Well, 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 gentlemen, let's go blow this guy, and it looks like there's a new shepherd in town. I am ready to murder, <laughs> death, kill this tonight. Done yes. and done it. Wrap it up. We are talking Demolition Man from 1993, directed by famous director Marco Brambilla. <laughs> famous director Marco Brambilla. Uh, you know, everybody knows him from the Kanye West Power music video. And also the short called RPM. Yeah, see, famous director. Yeah, and also the short Evolution Megaplex. I didn't know huh. he had other shorts. Well, yeah. I thought he, he just had the one pair. In called Excess Baggage with, oh, Del Toro, Benicio. Ooh. Spotted in Alicia Silverstone. Wow, what a cast. That wow. sounds like wow. a thing. Wow. Well, thank you for the attitude adjustment. Info assimilated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just oh keep God. on reading lines all night from Huxley. Uh, you're going to run out. I uh, I already ran through three, so yep. I chose this movie for my birthday this year. Last year I chose Howard the Duck because I like to have a good time, unlike Brian's birthday where he likes to make us all miserable when he picked uh, the Power Rangers movie. I like to have a good time. No. No. The Power Rangers don't are a good it. time. Don't confuse it. Ivan Ooze, he would actually fit right into place in this movie. He would. That definition of a good time. I chose this movie because it kicks ass. It kicks every ass that's ever existed. There's not an ass that's safe from Demolition Man. I know that Dave has seen this movie before. Brian, you have not. This is your first time, right? This was my first time ever seeing this movie. Dave, what are your thoughts? You love it. I know you love it. Oh, my God. I Full disclosure, I finished watching this movie about 45 minutes ago, and I am still rock fucking hard. I yep. love this movie. I love everything it about out. it. It is... Uh, we're going we're gonna to break the scale tonight. I'm telling you right now, we're going to break your scale. This is going to be better than Back to the Future. Yeah, but you're also fined one credit for violation of the verbal morality statute. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Brian, give me those thoughts. This is I don't know what you thought yet. I'm so curious. Uh, this is so much fun. Oh, thank God. Thank God. I was oh nervous. You're, this movie's you're great. You're keeping your cards a little too close. Oh. <laughs> Who could hate on this movie? Honestly. If you were to, before you watch this movie, if Dave Michaels was going to tell you, hey, you're going to watch a movie and it's co-starring... Dennis Leary and Rob Schneider, and guess what? You're going to love it. Would you have believed him? I would have said that checks out. Uh, I mean, granted, the movie was made in 1993, so Rob That's Schneider just was a personal actually thing. obligated with the 1990s to be in it. <laughs> not wrong. He didn't even get a credit. Did he really not? 
Really? He went uncredited in this. You know what? Probably because Marco Brambilla was pissed at him because he asked him to go make copies. And he just said, make and copy. <laughs> and never actually got to it. Mm. That seems like a very Rob Schneider thing to do. You see, I heard sure. he was too busy uh, having sex for money. That's a <laughs> Deuce Deuce big reference <laughs> for the seven that watched that movie. Yeah. I heard he was too busy being a hot girl. Oh. oh. Yes. I also I heard. He, oh, there's more. Oh, oh no. yeah, yeah. Okay. I also heard <laughs> that in the years subsequent to that, though, he, he's really grown up. Two, Grown Ups 2. That's a movie that he was in. Oh, boy. Or was he not have, Grown Ups 2? I forget. I'm not sure if he got cut. Do you have any more? I mean, if you need motivation, you can do it. Oh. um, Something, something, something. Cut its fucking head off. <laughs> something, something, something. Adam Sandler movie, something, something, something. <laughs> I think we covered them all. Yeah. Well, Nailed it. Hip Hop Anonymous. Got Anything it. <laughs> we didn't get, we can get when we do Judge Tread. Mm. Oh, shit. Oh, You're I want to have a list yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Ebert. Please, if you're listening, bud, please go easy on us. Don't pick Judge Dredd anytime soon. Uh, excuse me. Pick Judge Dredd fucking immediately. It'll just be over there warming up the bench. That's a bench warmer's joke. Judge Dredd will be. Yeah, that is that is a bench warmer's joke. The Fortress is getting real lonely without you, Brian. This is this is tricky. We've been doing remote for the past few weeks because of, you know. No, what? Being trapped inside our homes. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the due whole... to lack of friends, not due to anything else. Right, it's because we're just, just so busy, lonely people. Since you haven't been here, I retired Ebert's jaw into the rafters of the fortress. Oh wow, it's just yeah, hanging just up. up there. It's just hanging up there. That really brings the room together. It's like my rug. Ominous. Hmm. Uh, even for the ginger skull, that's a little uh, morbid. Well, it makes <laughs> sense. You're mostly jaw. That's just the beard that's confusing everybody. Trust me. I have a little chin. <laughs> I'll vouch for it. Yeah. I put my balls on it before. Brian, why don't you tell us what this thing's about? 1996, Los Angeles. Crime. It's prevalent. Simon Phoenix. Fire. It's prevalent. Fire. Crime. Simon Phoenix, played by Wesley Snipes, has kidnapped 30 or so passengers from a city bus, and it's up to John Spartan, Sky Stallone, to handle the situation. <laughs> Did I just say Sky? Sly Stallone. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's call him Sky Stallone. I like that better. No. I like it a lot. No. Yeah. I, well, he is in a helicopter. Mm. So. It sure is. The That'll sky is the limit. <laughs> uh, before you go saying, hey, does John Spartan have a superpower? He does. He's able to hear and be heard on a helicopter while talking at a normal volume without any kind of headset. <laughs> yeah. So there wow. you go. You're absolutely right. He's I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. Spartan bungee jumps off a helicopter, tears through a slew of henchmen, and arrives to face Phoenix. I think my favorite thing is, I don't, I'm not sure if he was trying to get into this building all sneaky-like by arriving via helicopter, <sighs> but just in case, like, well, maybe it's very quiet in that building, he's just going to yell, Phoenix! Mm-hmm. As he jumps out of the helicopter. Yep. And do you guys know why he's there? Because you have to send a maniac to catch a maniac. Absolutely. Perfect. That checks yeah. out. That's why Chris Hansen is the host of To Catch a Predator. That's right. Oh, this, yeah. This all makes sense now. <laughs> oh. I feel like bungee jumping off the back of a helicopter is going to make it kind of get unbalanced. No? Is that? Uh, absolutely. However, this movie is also a video game. So there's no rules whatsoever. It's just shooting them up, jumping off of things. This is Call of Duty, but better. This is Demolition Man for the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. That was a game. It was. I don't remember ever playing it. 
Uh, Me either. 1994. It's a good time to release it. It'd been awkward if it did it like 1997 or eight or something like that. <laughs> That's right? true. Guys, Demolition Man, remember Phoenix? Yeah, 1994. <laughs> New York Rangers win the Stanley Cup, and Demolition Man, the video game, gets released. Great year. What a year to be alive. What Ooh. a year. Phoenix sees Spartan coming on the security cameras and prepares for this moment by spilling gasoline all over his lair. He flicks a cigarette at Spartan, igniting the room. They fight for a sexy 60, but they got to get out of there because, you know, there's hella barrels of C4 everywhere. I have a question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When Phoenix flicked the cigarette, John Spartan is holding a gun. Did the fire punch the gun? Maybe. Because the fire very clearly and very strategically shot up at this gun that he's holding and knocked it out of his hands. And it was just like, what the fuck was that all about? Sometimes fire punches. I was too distracted by the fact that he's able to run through the fire and then he's able to outrun the fire with Wesley Snipes on his back. He's faster than fire. He's stronger than fire. This guy's the man. This is the best movie ever. Chalk that up to a Not second wrong. superpower. There you, there go. you go. We're just going to keep listing him. He's got helicopter hearing and faster than flame running. So yeah, he carries Phoenix out of the building as it explodes. His captain shows up and chastises him for destroying the building since he's, you know, the demolition man. Six minutes in and they said the title. That has to be a record somewhere, right? Ding! Spartan tries to tell the chief that Phoenix had rigged the building to blow, and that a thermal scan revealed the hostages weren't even there. But then the fire chief comes Oops. and is like, actually, we found 30 bodies in the rubble that can only be the bus passengers. So Spartan is held responsible for the deaths and charged 70 years in a new cryo prison for involuntary manslaughter. Want to hear something fun? I do. Sure. Something I read on this movie is that there is an actual demolition man where... I want to say it was MTV ran a contest that you got to push the button to blow that building. Oh, that's no, awesome. That's awesome. Again, it's on the internet. Who knows if it's true or not? Pretty badass story, though. That, that you can is... go around the rest of your life saying, I'm the demolition man. Fuck I am part. the demolition man. Wow. Now, I just want to pause here for a second. This movie starts off in 1996. Yes. The movie was made in 1993. Correct. Yeah. Which means that whoever wrote this movie was predicting not only cryogenic technology, not only the complete overall of our penal system, but also the collapse of society in the span of three years. <laughs> Look where that... we are right now. Look where we are right now. It doesn't I, well, seem that crazy. Listen, we just had the collapse of society in three months. Listen, 19, uh, 1993 to 1996, they could have made this movie, I don't know, take place in 2006. They could have made it take place in 1990. They picked three years. Yeah. Well, they only had the uh, the production cars from GM from like three years away. That's true. And Dave is 100% right. Uh, society has collapsed 100% in the past three months or in the past three years or in the past three weeks. So uh, jokes on jokes Technically, on us. in 1996. So yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> During their incarceration, prisoners are subject to reconditioning to change their behavior. Fast forward to 2032, San Angeles. Lenina Huxley, as portrayed by the insufferable Sandra Bullock, is an SAPD officer. I can't stand her. Oh, my really? God. That's a, Hold that's on. a personal Stop thing. It. Stop no, the Time out from life here. What? Yeah. Really? I, I really just do not like Sandra Bullock. What? For what it's worth, I think this is the most tolerable I've ever seen her in a movie. Did she like shit really? on your front porch? Like, what'd she do? I mean, if there's that's... a whole movie where she's in space, not talking. I uh, haven't seen it oh, uh, on account. Of... I'm pretty sure she was in it. Oh, my God. Miss Conge... You don't like Miss Congeniality? 
I have no reason to. Oh, my <laughs> no God. reason to like it. All right. Oh. Carry on. So I there guess. you go. This is this is uh, this is a punch you to the sack. <laughs> this is a lot. dropped a bomb on everyone. Oh my There's God. my hot take. Anyway, she's an SAPD officer longing for action as the community is a peaceful one with no violent crime in the last 16 years. The world is a very different place than it was in 1996. At the cryo prison, Simon Phoenix is eligible for parole. Phoenix somehow knows the password to unlock his restraints and proceeds to kill a bunch of prison employees, steal a car, and head towards what he knows as L.A. What do you think of this future? Boring? Um, I think it is a genius, genius metaphor for today. That's what I think. We can get into Go that. Go on. I don't know. Well, do we want to get into that now? I will. Might as well. We're seeing 2032 for the first time here. Okay. So... Spoiler alert for those listening at home who have not watched this movie. First and foremost, shame on you. But the main bad guy, I guess you would say the main bad guy of this movie would be Dr. Raymond Cocteau, right? Some would say Cocteau, but yeah, you're Is right. Cocteau? Yeah, he's a Cocteau. What, uh, <laughs> it's exactly how they say it over and over in the movie. That's how you know that's what it is. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear the audio over the sound of my throbbing erection during this movie. <laughs> um, it's so Cocteau. I'm thinking of cacao, which is like a chocolate. Anyway... Uh, so this is a society that was basically set up by Dr. Cocteau. It is a, uh, a morally righteous society, but at the heart of it, you have corruption, which is Dr. Cocteau. So it's inherently hypocritical, and I think that's such a strong comparison to the current political climate here in 2020, where you have certain political leaders, who I will not name, because this is not a political podcast, but whatever, who you know, like to throw on the aura of being morally superior and ethically superior, and then their actions speak to the contrary of that. So I think it's a genius, underappreciated comparison that holds up today. Well, how about that? Yeah. He couldn't say the guy he couldn't say the guy's name and then he comes out with that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and without saying one politician too, I bet you can't trump that. <laughs> the best birthday ever i think it's a great comparison i really do i like the way that this i mean the look of it the look of the city isn't terribly drastically changed or anything like that it's just clean but obviously these people are just so morally righteous it's disgusting to the point that they greet each other by saying be well do you guys not do that too oh i will from now on Uh, absolutely they also dress like uh I don't know. They dress like kind of like Romans, but if the Romans were around in 2030 and went to a rave as well and were on ecstasy. It's like rave party Roman Japanese kimono kind of toga. Honestly, kind of comfy looking look. It looks very comfy. It does look very comfy. Yeah. You know, the the guy in Beetlejuice, the bigger guy. It's like when he walks around and during. Oh, he's in this movie, too. That's right. That's right. Oh, (laughs) I love this guy. (laughs) Glenn Shaddix. <laughs> I don't know any other movies he's been in except for it's this and Ghostbusters. Two. <laughs> and he Not f- Ghostbusters. Fucking- Beetlejuice. Oh, well, Ghostbusters is kind of like the Beetlejuice of movies. You're right. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I also like how they get fined for cursing. However, they, they say a, a bad word. You hear a buzzer off screen and then yeah. like a ticket pops out that they got fined one credit. It's so good. I also like that even when Huxley curses under her breath about her superior officer she gets like a half credit fine for cursing <laughs> yeah. under her breath <laughs> now do we know where this movie was filmed 
I just assumed L.A., but I didn't look it up. Did you? I have no idea. I did not know, but it is, um, whatever it was, I thought they did a pretty good job. We'll get to that later, but I, yeah, I thought they did a pretty good job. Hmm. World building. This movie is going to get a 15 out of 10, but go on. <laughs> the SAPD receives an alert for a code 187, which they don't recognize. It turns out to be a murder-death kill. The first in ages. I love How that. awesome of a name is this? I love so that. Good. It makes no murder, sense because kill. it's literally longer than everything else. Homicide, murder, death, kill. It's you could have just gone murder. Yeah. Oh, but it sounds so death. cool, though. Stop. Oh. Kill. <laughs> if I had any ability to start a band, the, the name I would pick for my band would be The Coward Marty Jannetty. But if I was to pick a second name, <laughs> if I was to pick a second name, it would be Murder, Death, Kill. I have a better name, but we'll get there. Ooh. The police work quickly to identify the culprit and track him to a control kiosk where he's innately hacking the computer system and searching for a gun. Seems easy enough. That's all he wants is a gun. All right. It's, hey, let yeah. me just get a gun. Six officers attempt to apprehend Phoenix, but he easily defeats the inexperienced police force and gets away. The police decide they're going to need a maniac to catch this maniac. So they thaw out John Spartan. An old-fashioned maniac. Oh, my bad. I should have specified. <laughs> it's important. It's not. Spartan is thawed and reinstated to the police force. He finds out his wife was killed in the big earthquake of 2010, and his daughter's whereabouts are unknown. Also, that there's no such thing as toilet paper and everything fun is illegal now. Right. <laughs> he doesn't know um, how to use the three seashells. This guy Let's doesn't know how to use talk the three about seashells. the three seashells. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about them. I think. Let's do it. Let's I crack the code. It's, it's our duty. Uh huh. To figure out what this is all about <laughs> once and for all. Do yeah. Well, I actually did some research on this. So so did I, and I'm curious to see which side you saw of it, because there's two sides. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I had a sides. very reliable source. Uh, her name is name? Sally. She sells seashells down by the seashore. <laughs> so I went to visit her. Uh, I'm the dad here. I should come up with that yep, joke. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, this is what, I've, uh, this is what uh, Sally, a.k.a. website on the internet, said. Sally.com. And again, I don't know how accurate this is because I don't think it would work with my poops, full disclosure, but apparently you're supposed to kind of pick out your poops with two of the shells and then scrape it out with the third shell. So you're almost using the two shells like a clam to pick out. Yeah, chopsticks and clams. That is the Sylvester Stallone method. Yes. As he said. Maybe that's where I found it then. Maybe, Maybe it wasn't Sally. Maybe I was talking to Sky. Sky Stallone. Sky Stallone, baby. <laughs> yeah, good old the Sly Sky. Right. Sandra Bullock, the absolutely incredible, unreal, unbelievable, greatest person alive, Sandra Bullock. Oh, my God. America's sweetheart, but go on. Gross. She says it's like a bidet. There's several processes. You have number one, you have a number two, and then you have a cleanup. So she thinks it's more that you just kind of like poop into a shell. That doesn't <laughs> yes. even make sense. It doesn't make any sense. The chopsticks makes more sense. Because- the whole thing is cleanup because that's it's replacing toilet paper. So why would you need three different cleanups? I, well, that's the whole thing is if even if you use this chopsticks, you're not going to pull the poop out of your butt. There's still a toilet. Well, that's the way that's kind of what Sylvester Stallone was saying, right? Like you pull it out of your butt, which I, I, that's insane. I get Wait, it. Uh, full on, disclosure. Yeah. You guys don't do that? Uh, well, <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> One or two times I <laughs> felt like I needed to, to be honest. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> like I was trying to get a softball out of there. Yeah, that we'll joke talk got real. This. We'll talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thought I was a star in the new Amazon series, A League of Their Own. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's insane. Yeah. 
So what do you think the actual meaning behind the three seashells is? Because I think it's one of the greatest jokes of all time. I don't know. You want to go first, Brian? I think I have the actual origin of it, which might speak to Ooh. what it is. Okay. Go ahead. So while they were the original version of this movie was being written, the screenwriter, whichever one it was, uh, reached out to a fellow screenwriter because he was trying to figure out, he was writing a bathroom scene, and he was trying to figure out what would the bathroom of the future look like. So he called one of his buddies, who actually happened to be in the bathroom when he called, and he said, uh, I don't know, I got a bag full of seashells in the back of my toilet. And that from there, they're like, all right, I can work with that. And it became the three seashells. And they just left it in there and just said, have a good time. Yeah, figure it out. I feel like they just said, like, what's the most ridiculous thing that we can obviously never answer? Mm-hmm. Right. Just leave it. Just leave it to the imagination to, to run wild. And also, let's, people let's already have seashells to... in their bathroom, so. Yeah. You're right. Let's, let's go back to Brian's story. This movie was filmed in 1993. Yeah. So for those of you listening at home... Who, That's 17 years before the Great Toilet Paper Shortage. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, no, it's 27 years before the Great Toilet yeah, Paper Shortage. So, <laughs> there you go. Sorry. Yeah. Nerdy Thursday. Nerdy oh, Thursday boy. math. Struck me again. So for those of you who uh, grew up with cell phones, we used to have phones that were on these courts, right? And you would walk around, and you were, your movement around the house was limited. So my favorite part of Brian's right. story is that this guy must have had a phone near his bathroom he was pooping. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> he heard the phone ring. He said, oh, I got to get this. He answers it. He goes, hey, what's going on? What? You have a bathroom question? No, no, no. This is a good time. Let me just take a seat. <laughs> I feel Hollywood, like man. all of the important Hollywood writers have bathrooms with phones in them. Right out of the toilet. So um, Even today, they don't want to risk cell phone service or else they're going to miss the next big fat liar. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think combining all these stories together, I think what happens is this. I think the toilets generally have bidets in them because that's probably a better way to do it anyway than toilet paper. Uh, toilet paper is kind of gross if you think yeah. about have it. Have you ever used a bidet? Uh, once I uh, was in Atlantic City. I had a couple drinks and, and I did not know. her name was Bidet? Well, I, d- <laughs> I, I did not. Atlantic City. So she sounds exotic, but trust me, that's a bathroom thing. Did you just but- get like stuck in a in a fountain at Bally's? <laughs> Pants off. Hi guys. Um, you're just no. at the mountain bar with your ass in a fountain. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that cool. I was uh, using the tongs to pull out your poop chopstick style, <laughs> like a salad. Well, bar. tongs are too big. You got to go chopstick in order to really dig in there. No, I um, Ooh. I was on a toilet, obviously, and they had a bidet, and I was like, you know what? When in Rome, let's try this. I did not realize with this certain bidet. Day that you had to control the water temperature that's shooting up into your asshole. On the fancy ones you do. Ah, uh, this was a fancy one apparently. And uh, to this day, I still don't know what type of water temperature I like in my asshole, but that was not the right type. <laughs> that was not the right level. I don't know if it was too hot or Brian, too cold, but I didn't like it. No, I've never used a uh, bidet. Fred. Yeah, I've, weirdly, the only time I ever used a bidet was in Atlantic City. Also. Right, thank you. <laughs> really? <laughs> I've yeah, been to Atlantic been City so many times the hell and never but used to bidet there. I was extremely drunk. Don't know or don't remember where I was exactly, but I do remember having to having to need to use the three seashells and going. And then uh, you get a little curious and sometimes you, you shoot water up your butthole and are not prepared for that to happen. Ooh. No, right? Oh, you got to control and, the water. And then you launch yourself into the door of the bathroom. Oh, God. A panic because water just shot up your butthole. <laughs> And the first thing that went through my head was, that's a fucking snake. There's a snake in the toilet. <laughs> I mean, there but might have you, been. 
You hit the button though. I was drunk. I was probably just knocking everything around in there, just whatever What's I wanted this to. What's it? <laughs> playing playing a fucking rush solo on the walls or whatever. Naturally. Uh, this is a public service announcement from NPR. Remember, in these difficult times, if you're going to use a bidet, make sure you know just how strong you want the hot water to shoot up your butthole. <laughs> and for more information on butthole water temperature, we're here with Dr. Glenn Shaddix. Dr. Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hello. After my extensive career with two movies, one of which was not Ghostbusters, apparently, <laughs> I wrote a book. Called Bidets and You with Glenn. I said, have a good bidets by Dr. Glenn Shaddix. <laughs> have a good bidets. <laughs> All right. Wrap this up. Wrap this podcast up. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dave. Good night, everybody. That was the one and only bidet pun. All right. That's that's that, that's right. That's the three seashell methodology. You, I think you use a bidet. You, you get the clingers with the, the two. Not Colonel Klinger. Um, I'm sorry. Corporal Klinger. Corporal Klinger. Yep. Sorry. Thank you. He should have gotten Colonel later. Uh, you get the clingers with the the, the that's seashells. A big jump for an enlisted man. Yeah, and then you you scrape off it with the third, and then that's it. But I would, I'm still kind of curious about what Rob Schneider thinks about the three seashells. I I wish we can use the three seashells on Rob Schneider's Twitter account. <laughs> Check that one out. Punchy, you're very punchy oh, right now. Very punchy. I'm ready to go blow this guy. <laughs> blow, blow this guy away. Away. No, no, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what I said. <laughs> Some of the things that are illegal. Uh, smoking, alcohol, caffeine, contact sports, meat, bad language, chocolate, gasoline, uneducational toys, and anything spicy. That brings up questions for what's coming up in a bit. What a world. Oh, it does bring up questions. Spartan knows that the first thing Phoenix will be looking for is a gun. And there's only one place to get those in 2032. I feel like Simon Phoenix's ideal girlfriend would have been Stacy from Wayne's World. Just buying a gun rack for a birthday. And most of the people <laughs> don't even have a gun to necessitate an entire rack. What... Why does he know he's going after a gun? That's all it is. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, that's his move. If he has a gun, he's in power. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Nobody else has one. He's already murdered, death, killed a bunch of people. He has, but he's also a master of kung fu. In that's real life, too, by the way. True. Correct. But he's kicking the shit out of everybody. He doesn't need a gun. He's a weapon himself at this point. Yeah, but counterpoint, guns are cool. All right. Yeah. Okay. He gets okay. a fucking cannon. Yeah, he has to go to a museum to get a gun. At the museum, Phoenix breaks a display case and arms himself. Then remembers he's in the future. In the Hall of Violence. In the Hall of Violence, yeah. <laughs> no. He remembers he's in the future and seeks out the laser guns. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you guys caught this, but there's just a random, and this is terrible, should not be laughing at this. It must have been like an uh, a improv by Wesley Snipes. He does his like random, really super racist Chinese impression. <laughs> yes, he does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it fits because obviously Simon is a bad guy. He's not supposed to be, uh, you know, uh, a role model. But it just—it really struck me as like, wow, that was that was a lot to handle. This Did you see what the movie. subtitle was for it? No, there's a subtitle. There's a subtitle that says, "I ain't gonna pay my fucking taxes." <laughs> the exhibit goes into lockdown, giving Spartan the opportunity to find and face him for the first time in 36 years. So they fight. There's a whole bit where they're underground in an old L.A. excavation with operational neon signs. But long story short, Phoenix gets away. During his escape, he runs into Cocteau, the benevolent leader that brought San Angeles to its current societal utopia. He tries to shoot him, but he can't. Cocteau tells him. Can't do it. Can't do it. He's just uh, trigger shy or something. I don't know. 
Cocteau tells him that he should be hunting down this Edgar-friendly dude instead of terrorizing the city. Spartan catches up, and Phoenix gets away again. Cocteau is grateful that Spartan saved his life and invites he and Huxley to a delicious dinner at Taco Bell. I want to call a timeout. Okay. Timeout? First of all, the spicy thing from before, Taco Bell eliminated. Yeah, also, um, we'll find out at this dinner that salt is illegal. So, uh, have you ever seen the Taco Bell menu? I'd imagine salt is very prevalent. But here's the thing about this whole entire scene. I've seen this movie a hundred times, and it's always been Taco Bell. And this time when I watched it, it was Pizza Hut. What happened? Oh, my goodness. I ended up watching the UK version. And the UK version, they changed it to Pizza Hut because Taco Bell wasn't really a a thing in 1993 over there. So everything I saw, you have the actors very clearly saying Taco Bell, but the word Pizza Hut coming out of their mouth. And then when they're at the Pizza Hut, they get served tacos. No, it's insane. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't really call those tacos. Tacos a jace. They got served nachos with shit on it. I mean, no, they, they got served weird looking triangles that could either be tacos or pizza in the year 2032. Dave, let me ask you this. When they're driving up to it, do they have a domino sign? Because in the version that I think Brian and I watched, there's a Taco Bell sign. Well, it was, well, it was a Pizza, pizza Hut. hut. Uh, but, but, so there was a Pizza yes. Hut sign? They uh, wait, had a what Pizza did I say, Hut dominoes? sign. Yeah. yeah. They had a Pizza Hut sign. Mm-hmm. As they pulled up, and then there's another shot later where John Spartan's going to fight outside. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. And there's a Pizza Hut sign that they had to walk in front of it. It very looked like it was replaced yeah. <laughs> in CGI. And by the way, for everybody that's listening, I apologize that I got Pizza Hut and Domino's confused. I'm sorry. How dare I, you, you monster? I know, I know in Connecticut that these are considered to be luxury food items, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I hope John Schnatter comes over and takes a shit on you. Oh, I hope so, too. Straight on you while just yelling racist things. That's oh, all I want. Oh, God, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that, too. So, gentlemen, let me ask you this, then. Uh, you uh, get frozen for crimes against humanity. Um, yep, probably yep, yep, something yep. that's Probably something that's been said in this podcast. For you sure. You wake up in 2032, and you're told that there's only one restaurant left in the world. Would you rather be Taco Bell or Pizza Hut? Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Obviously. Okay. Of course. Obviously. My real question about this entire scene is that John Spartan has now been around for a day, and he's driving around, and all restaurants have been replaced by Taco Bell. Yep. You would see the bell everywhere. He's not questioning that. That's a good Maybe call. he just thought that Taco Bell got really popular. Hey, yo, I'm seeing a lot of fucking Taco Bells here. I have an issue with the Pizza Hut logo that has been superimposed on these Taco Bells. It doesn't look futuristic at all. Not like what they did with the Taco Bell logo. No, I agree. That's uh if anything, that's a throwback Pizza Hut logo. Yeah. What are you doing? Well, you know, Movie. retro is new. But it turns out, yes, Taco Bell is the only restaurant to survive the franchise wars. So now every restaurant is Taco Bell. At dinner, Spartan reveals that he was actually conscious throughout his prison sentence and remembers his wife visiting. And Cocteau is like, nah, it's impossible. Just then, Spartan notices some shady-looking people outside the Taco Bell, and he chases them down, fighting several of them until one begs him not to hurt him and drops food that he had stolen. Huxley praises Spartan for his quick action and hand-to-hand combat, but Spartan is upset and tells her violence isn't always the answer. These people are just hungry. Yeah, even though she is horned up beyond belief yeah, at the violence. Oh, is. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and she takes him back to her place and tells her. She's like, hey, violence? Who boy. Uh, I I believe that you and I, we should have uh, sexy times. Yeah. Yeah. And That's not very far off from the real dialogue. That's kind of sad. Yeah. And Spartan <laughs> is all for it. And he's like, pause. Uh, yeah. Yeah. P- pause for a second here. All right. So Spartan has been awake for just about a day, not even 24 hours, right? 12 sure. hours. 
12 hours he's been awake. He was frozen for 30-something years or so, right? 36 years. 36 right. years. We're not doing math here. But he was frozen for 36 years. Yeah. He finds upon waking up that his wife, who he would dead. see while he was frozen, is dead. Sure. So for yeah. all intents and purposes, he's only known that his wife is dead for 12 hours. Sandra yeah. Bullock is like, hey, would you like to fuck? And he's like, absolutely. That is the shortest morning period of anybody <laughs> ever. 12, not like, 12 hours, that's it. Well, to be fair, he does say that he was conscious during the thing. And if his, if, yeah. if his wife died in 2010, he hasn't seen her in 26 years. He knows. No, he doesn't because he's like crying when he finds out. Right. And by the yeah. way, he got it confirmed. Then he just went, yeah, yeah I'm still that makes it I'm real. still Sky Stallone. And it's like, hey. If Sandy B is gonna is gonna throw some at me, uh huh. Even I. Well, would be it like, gets All even right. weirder because it's his daughter. But go on. <laughs> We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk. About that. <laughs> uh, so they put on these like helmets and do like the VR nasty times. Which yeah, is this is insane. Crazy. This is insane. VR sex is insane, and I like how she is getting into it. And oh, yeah. then Sky Stallone is sitting there, and he's going. I guess I'll close my eyes and get into it. Then you're just watching two very famous actors (laughs) making sexy faces to nothing. And it's so odd and so weird. And this has to feel like, I I mean, the visions that he's getting, is this like a VR porn? I don't, I don't understand. They're, they have a a psychic link between the two of them. And I, yeah, I guess so. Gentlemen, um, speaking of this, the, the internet, um, I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's, there's a pornography. Available on the internet, documentaries. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, little sexual sure, documentaries, sure, sure, sure. Little, li- yes. little snippets of life, if you will. Um, uh, and I don't clips know if you're of aware, fluid but... exchange. Oh, <laughs> and I don't know if you're aware, but you know, we've been kind of locked down for uh, you know a couple of weeks now, uh, not being able to go out. So I've been doing a lot of deep dives on these documentaries. So for I'm, research, for yeah, no reason, for research, Just research, uh, researching purposes only. So Naturally. I went to. A, uh, uh, well, a lot of this won't be natural, but save that. I, I went to uh, a website called Pornhub. I, I, have you guys ever heard of this? Not a sponsor. Not unless, well, unless they want to be. Not unless yet. they want to be. That's of course. Yes. Pornhub Premium. It's like Pornhub, but premium. premium. And also yes. free right now. Hey, you just listened to a podcast about Ant Man. Now watch a man fuck his aunt. Pornhub. That's, Jesus, that's a little bit too much. Maybe too aggressive. Too aggressive. Okay. Anyway, so Pornhub. It's a website. It has pornography on there, as the name would imply. I recently wanted to do a little bit of deep dive and see what are the most viewed videos of all time. That is a crazy rabbit hole to go down. And that I've never been happier that someone I know has gone down fucking for this sh- information. Strap. It's one of those things of like, I'm so happy this is on your search history. I was so curious. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> this is first off, terrific. First off, incognito mode. Second off, and uh-huh. pun absolutely You intended. live alone. What are you hiding from? Myself. <laughs> uh, so strap in and strap on. I have the most... <laughs> Hey, the most all-time most viewed porn videos in worldwide, and you guys want to guess? Segment strap in, strap on. Oh yeah, Ooh, be re- like reoccurring. That. It has to be. Uh huh. Um. So let's just guess genre. So the most viewed pornographic video on Pornhub. Okay, let's just hear what you think the genre is. I think it's got to be lesbianics. Lesbianics. That makes sense to me. Okay, so both of you guessing lesbianics. Yeah, because I don't think this whole weird step-sibling, step-parent thing has been around long enough for it to become one of the most viewed of all time. 
Okay, well, the most viewed video of all time is Horny Boy fucked his stepmom. With oh, my God. With 152 million views, and I shit you not, a 69% thumbs up. That's nice. That has to be like the equivalent of 100% yes. on Pornhub, right? Uh-huh. Now, the second most, second most, let, 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 let's, let's move away from that one. Second most, what do you think the genre is going to be? I got to double down on lesbian if it's a different genre. Okay. Dave, what do you think? I'm going to double down on the weird incest, I think. I think that's where it has to go. <laughs> Mom, redhead teacher. I'm trying to win. <laughs> Mom, redhead teacher, teaches younger student with a big cock a lesson. So the phrase mom is in there. So incest porn, two oh for two God. so far. Um, the third, and that has a 67% thumbs up with 131 million views. And the I guess they have like uh, uh, like stations that these are on or playlists or whatever they're called. It's Mom XXX. But closed <laughs> captioning is available. So that's good. Oh, um, okay. We don't want to. <laughs> we don't leave anybody uh-huh. out. Yes, the third is just called "fucking hot." Uh, it has no genre uh-huh. of it. It's just uh-huh. two people. The okay. fourth, it's just good marketing, really. Do we want to guess another genre for number four? I feel it's got to get weird at some point. I'm gonna go shemale. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, it's it's probably more incest. Playing a game with hot stepsister starring Anna <laughs> <Spirit> <laughs> Oh God! God okay. we're all breaking. This is horrible. Uh huh. Yep. Number five is just a video I'm not going to say the name of because it's uh, a little bit much, but it's not it's not incest. Um, number six. <laughs> just, that's it. Okay. It should just be called okay. This Isn't Incest. Yeah. A little <laughs> number six, much. Uh, Stepsis, number seven. Bratisis, number eight. Uh, oh, the Kim Kardashian video. That's nice. Oh, wow. Um, number Good nine. For her. Uh, <laughs> messing with Stepsis and my cock slips in. That's, a, that's an accident that we've no, had. Number um, 10 is stepmom. Let's just end it. Yeah, number 10 has to deal with a butt. So, um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh, boy. Yep. Number 11, mom. Number 12, mom. Number 13, mom. Okay, we don't mom. need to go past that. So, maybe Demolition Man is appropriate then. Uh, yes. Deal with, so, that's a good transition. You want to get into uh, the theory. There is a theory about Sandra Bullock and Sylvester Stallone and their relationship. Sky, Sky Stallone. Sky. And, uh, What's this theory? Because I've watched this before, and I've always had this theory in my head. And then the last time I watched it, last night, the UK version with the Pizza Hut, mm-hmm. I didn't get the feeling at all. I don't get it either, 100%. I, okay. I, I get it a little bit, because Sandra Bullock- What's the theory? You guys are- Oh. Oh, you don't- <laughs> this Oh, guy, I forgot this, you're a this, noob. This guy, this guy doesn't know the theory. He doesn't know the theory. He doesn't know the theory. He doesn't know how to use the three seashells. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Wiping buttocks, three seashells. Oh <laughs> boy, yeah. It looks like you finally matched your meat on this one, Brian, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. The the theory is is that somehow Huxley is John Spartan's daughter. That doesn't make sense. I was looking up like theories on it why, and I really can't find anything except for that the the sexual experience is weird. But that just could be because it's a weird sexual experience. Yeah. I didn't pick up that vibe. It is weird because Sandra Bullock does kind of play this. She has like a weird childlike quality to her, uh, the way she's acting, which maybe that's what made people think about it. But It's the 90s eyebrows. It could be. I mean, I mean she even she even wanted to search for the daughter on the computer. And he's like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. That's true. Well, allegedly on his Google search I just did, it was going to be Meryl Streep that was going to be playing Sylvester Stallone's daughter. What? Yeah. What? Another America's sweetheart, Meryl Streep. Where yeah. did you find Call that? Call that bad casting. Yeah. Mamma Mia, indeed. That doesn't even make sense timeline-wise. No, it would not. 
at all. But still, Meryl Streep <laughs> is a fucking saint. Meryl Streep is up there with Sandra Bullock with just great human beings. Uh, actually, there was his daughter is in the movie. What? What? Yeah. Hate to break it to you guys. She's there. Uh, they just cut the part where she's his daughter. Who is it? Who? She Rob is, Schneider. I knew it. It's Rob Schneider. It's the hot Rob girl. Rob Schneider is the hot girl. <laughs> Rob Schneider is the slowing seed. Uh, she's one of the scraps. She's one of the uh, the guys hanging out with Dennis Leary. Not oh, guys. Oh my god! All right. Yeah, that's why there's it. no there's record of where she now. went. So Spartan is like, "Hey, why don't we just do it the real way?" And Huxley's disgusted and offended and asks him to leave. Fluid exchange. Gross. Back at his place, Spartan gets a random FaceTime from a naked chick with the wrong phone number for the sake of keeping the horniness going, I guess. I don't know. Then he reviews the video recording from the outside the museum earlier and sees that Phoenix and Cocteau have a rather lengthy confrontation. And he wants to know why Phoenix didn't kill him. So the next day, he apologizes to Huxley, finds out in prison he was being programmed to be a seamstress. So that's fun. <laughs> I like how upset he is at this. He's like, fuck off. If I have some needle and thread, I can figure this out. <laughs> oh, I'm a, I'm a seamstress. Oh, oh Betsy fucking Adrian! <laughs> Adrian! <laughs> we gotta bring in the cuffs, Adrian! So the two of them look into Phoenix's rehab program, and it turns out he's being programmed to be more of an even bigger violent sociopath than he already was in 1996. Spartan and Huxley go to Cocteau's offices, where Spartan confronts him and threatens him to no avail. But then we learn afterwards that Cocteau is the one who arranged for Phoenix's reprogramming and release in order to get rid of Edgar Friendly and the Wasteland Scraps, a literal underground resistance. Oh, it's boy. interesting how this movie doesn't hide at all that Cocteau is the one behind everything. Yeah, he's a no. real dick towel. There's, there's like no twist at all. It's like, this is the plot. It's going to keep going. Right. Perfect. At some point, Sky Stallone is going to maybe fuck what <laughs> might be his daughter and he's going to call it Boning the Wild Mamba and the Hunka Chunka. And we're going to push all past that. And we're going to keep this movie going no <laughs> matter what. He does call it the Hunka Chunka. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he knits his sweater overnight because now he's a seamstress. Right, right. Uh, Phoenix requests. <laughs> this movie, man. Phoenix requests from Cocteau that some of his ally cryocons be released to help him with his task. Spartan figures out that the reason why the SAPD's manhunt didn't find Phoenix is because he's obviously hiding under the city. Of course, because he's got that hunch. He's back. That's all he goes off is, got a hunch. <laughs> I just got have a feeling, you know? Well, you know what? In his defense, he is even better live than a laser disc. That's true. That even is better such than a dated line. <laughs> yep, yep. And if you're wondering if I literally wrote down all these lines, I did not. I copied and pasted them from IMDb. So thank you, IMDb. <laughs> I only copied and pasted half of the ones you did. <laughs> <laughs> so many. We'll get there. We uh. will definitely get there. <laughs> Phoenix meets with the cryocons that he'd gotten Cocteau to release and tells them that they have to kill Friendly, and then the city will be theirs. Then Spartan and... Huxley go into the the sewers. There's a whole rat burger thing. It's very good. It's very good. Yeah, uh, it's the best burger I've had in years. <laughs> I love that line. Right. They and and turns out the franchise wars White Castle survived. It was just underground. <laughs> uh, White Castle isn't that bad. It just makes you have to use the three seashells. <laughs> I grew up calling literally. I I grew up calling them rat burgers for what it's worth. Really I love White Castle. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. Rat burgers First are delicious. Off, you would probably need six seashells after a uh, White Castle session. Oh, for sure. Are yes. we talking full crave? If full we're going crave full crave oh, case, yeah. you need nine seashells. 
I was Oof. a uh, yeah. I was a very Sally's going out of business when I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not how economics works. You'd have to buy more seashells from her. She would be expanding her franchise. And technically, right now you can't go down to the seashore. So it's locked why true. would she sell them at the seashore? You could just walk out on the beach and get your own. Sally's an idiot. She's not convenience sake. She understands her market. Uh, I don't think she that and you know a DUI. She can't really drive. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Forgot about Sally's DUI. Yeah. Everybody knows. Yeah. Well, I hate to bring Sally up like that, but you know. The rum ham got her. Putting Sally on blast. Then Spartan and Huxley find Edgar Friendly, Dennis Leary, who tells them he's not a fan of Cocteau's dictatorship and would rather live his life in abject poverty than but still be free in the most Dennis Leary way possible. In the past couple weeks, we've had Jim Carrey, Jim carrying the fuck all over the screen. We've yeah. had Paul Rudd, Paul running the fuck all over the screen. Yeah. But they were still playing characters. <laughs> That's the difference. Because this Dennis Leary, oh my God. Oh this is my not God. an actor. This is Dennis Leary. This is straight up Dennis Leary. He literally Leary. said, okay, pal. you got that right. See, according to Cocteau's plan, I'm the enemy. Because I like to think. I like to read. I'm into the freedom of speech and the freedom of choice. I'm the kind of guy who wants to sip in the greasy spoon and think, gee, I should have a T-bone steak or jump a rack of barbecued ribs on the side of gravy fries. I want high cholesterol. I want to beat the bacon. I want butter and buckets of cheese. Okay? Okay. I want smoke and Cuban cigar. The size of Cincinnati in a non-smoking section. I want to run through the streets naked with green jello all over my body reading Playboy magazine. Why? Because we got the bombs. You see? We got the bombs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pal. I've also heard he's uh, very much against speed limits. Yeah, he likes football and porno books about war. Yeah. Uh, I love... He's a 47-year-old virgin sitting around in his baby's pajamas drinking a banana broccoli shake singing, I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. Oh, that reminds me. We should talk about how the music... Is just commercials. Oh, I wish it's I was an Oscar Mayer. Really, wiener. really good joke. It's a very good joke. It is genius. I got so Dennis leered up, I had to take my jacket off. Yeah, uh, that happens. I rem- I imagine that man always is running a little bit hot. Just letting you know, I cut a lot out of whatever he said. Oh yeah, I know. Okay, pal. I because I, we got the bombs. I. Love this movie. I love this movie. I think the casting, 95% of it, is fantastic. It's uh, a little bit too much Dennis Leary. And I get it. It was like this like 1990s white man machismo. I'm going to smoke. Most of those guys are fucking dead now. So maybe they were kind of wrong. But uh, it's just. And the rest of them are playing lot. firefighters on FX. <laughs> Remember that show being okay, but yeah, no, he, he's just, all leery all the, all the time. time. Dave hit the nail on the head. He's not even fucking acting in no, this. this, this is not bit. acting. This is uh, just this is, Dennis Leary. This is the most comparable thing we have to anything Rodney Dangerfield ever did in a feature film. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. People like Rodney Dangerfield. You're not wrong. Rodney Dangerfield did a diving movie with Robert Downey Jr. Let's not forget about that. And with People Kurt Vonnegut, too. People love Dennis Leary in 94. You're not wrong. Though. You're right. He, he, he was like, God. It's Dennis Miller no one liked and still doesn't. <laughs> um, no, you're 100% right. It was like, he, he was popular. I loved to stand up too at the time. I, I, I'm an asshole. I had that album as well. But Oh, yeah. Oh my I mean, God. I it, recited most of it in the post credit scene for our Amazing Spider-Man episode. I remember. Go ahead and listen to post credits. They're on every episode. Every single one. Wait, what? You're, you're telling me that there's, there's stuff after the podcast? Believe it or not. You guys just give all the content there is. Oh, man. I just wish there was a way I can pay more to get even more content. Well, now you can. It's called Pornhub. And if you're in the category <laughs> Kate Podcasters, you can see me and Brian fuck each other. 
Oh, I threw it up and you knocked it out of the park. Great. No tricks here. No VR helmets. We do it real. Yep, we do it raw. Fluid swapping Nerdy it Thursday all. math. The only thing we know with Nerdy Thursday is 69. Fluid transfer? That's what it's called. I don't know. Uh, more webbing than a Spider-Man movie. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I get the impression that Sandra Bullock learned how to act from this scene that Dennis Leary did, because from this point on, all she ever does is just be Sandra Bullock. Yep. Yep. And she's adorable <laughs> and she's great. Let's move on. Sure. She's the best. She's the absolute sure. best. That's what everyone calls her as America's mm-hmm. sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's the Iron Man of actresses. Just oh, fantastic. Sandra I don't Bullock, know what that case. means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you can't know what that means. It, it makes I a don't... lot of sense. Also, Jack Black is there. What? What? <laughs> Yeah, what? Jack Jack Black no. is standing right next to Dennis Leary for that entire rant, but you're so busy paying attention to Dennis Leary that you're like, I don't even care who Jack Black is. Oh, this all checks out. That's the guy. As he's talking about people starving in the sewers, you hear a guy going, Gilbasa sausage. My Your butt, butt cheeks, cheeks is warm. warm. Oh, my God. I'm f- don't get them three seashells. <laughs> Jack Black is in this? Jack Black is in this movie. Jack Black is in like a lot of like random, like weird, like late 80s, early 90s. Like he was in. Um, uh, what was that movie with the the horse that dies? Um, the, the the horse that suffocates literally in quicksand. What's Secretary? never ending story? <laughs> never ending story. He was a never ending story, or was he a never ending story too? He's in one of those. I was gonna say Sea Biscuit. Um, <laughs> he was in um like an, Black a Beauty? random X file like show. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. The thing about early <laughs> acting careers is you try to just take jobs until you get big. Yeah, but it, it's so weird because he's Jack Black. Like now he is. Now he that, is. Well, Back then he was just Jack yeah. Black. Back then he was Jack Black. Now he's Jack Black. Well, yeah. First he had to meet Kyle Gass, and then everything blew up for him. Mm, there's a. I already used my blowing joke, so I can't use it again. Phoenix finds them all, and another battle ensues. Phoenix escapes to the surface and steals an SAPD squad car, and we start a chase scene. Huxley and Spartan. Tear after him in an antique 1970 Oldsmobile 442. Hot pink with whale skin hubcaps. No, sorry. It happened again. (laughs) During the chase, Phoenix reveals to Spartan that he'd already killed all the bus passengers back in 1996. And he served that time As the villain usually does mid-chase scene. That's usually Uh, what happens. Yeah, well, they cut the whole scene where he he actually does it. And then they just kind of 80 yarded into the chase scene. That's right. Phoenix escapes again. This guy is really slippery. He's good. Yeah. He just keeps getting away. There's a reason why he stole that many bases in Major League. He bought gloves for each one. <laughs> oh, good reference. So Friendly and the Scraps, that's my band name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well done. Friendly and the Scraps give Spartan weapons to go after Phoenix. At Cocteau's office, Phoenix introduces him to his freed prisoner horde and has one of them murder Cocteau. Not just any one of them. Jesse Ventura. Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah, back then, he was still the body. I was blown away to see him in this movie. I completely forgot he was in it. They throw him into the fireplace, his body. They're just like, hey, let's... Whoo, gone. Phoenix is granted access to the cryo prison and plans to thaw out more criminals. What a great plan. It is a really good plan because, I mean, Phoenix alone with his small gang here has taken over an entire city. Yeah. Yeah. And because these cops openly say, Rob Schneider says, we're cops. We're not equipped to deal with this violence. <laughs> That's such a good and line. it's literally the bare minimum of violence. <laughs> but yeah. it's such a friendly place. They just don't know how to deal with it. Cocktail's plan was like really kind of stupid, if you think about it. Because, yeah, um, Wesley Snipes can't kill him. 
all Wesley Snipes needs to do is get another dude to kill him. Like, he did not think that far out. It was perfect. Out. Yeah. This guy is so sadistic that he's like, yeah, you do it. And he's like, I'm just about even Ventura. I'll fucking do I'll it. I'll do this anything Wesley Snipes tells me to do. I'll do anything to stay relevant on screen. Future <laughs> Minnesota's <laughs> a long way away. Future goddamn governor. And another real-life governor is at least referenced in this movie. As president. Uh, we'll get there. Jackie Chan. That's right. <laughs> yep. Governor Jackie Chan and president. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of these criminals were also incarcerated by John Spartan. So, like, of course they're going to be against him. Yeah. And they haven't undergone their reconditioning yet. So Spartan goes after Phoenix again, this time at the cryo prison, after using a stun rod on Huxley to keep her from joining him. He's thinking of her. It's real cute. It is. I bet. Oh, I'm not going to say that joke. I'm not going to say that joke. <laughs> it's oh. it's the most adorable <laughs> I was say, tasing. I bet, I, I bet Bill Cosby wishes he had that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's the most thoughtful tasing you'll ever see in a movie. At the prison, Phoenix is finishing the last stages of freeing the prisoners. He kills all the technicians just as Spartan arrives. The two exchange gunfire and fight furiously until Spartan is finally able to freeze Phoenix with, you know, the stuff that freezes the people. Because cryo prison, you know how it works. We all know. We all get it. We've all seen. As he swings around on a large crane, he knocks Phoenix's frozen head off, which shatters on the floor. Spartan runs out of Pretty the cool. cryo prison as it explodes because, you know, when you freeze stuff, it starts exploding. After mm. all, <laughs> and, he is the demolition again, man. Can run faster than fire. Faster than fire. Can hear on helicopters. Uh, outside, he meets up with Huxley and, and Chief Earl, who is a character in this movie. He was there the whole time. The citizens of San Angeles aren't sure how to continue their lives since Cocteau is dead. But Spartan assures them they'll be fine. And he kisses Huxley. And she asks if all fluid transfers are like that. And he says, better. That's it. That, that's Demolition Man. Oh. What a masterpiece. Oh, God. Oh, it's so good. That's such a fun movie. Oh, it's so, so good. All right. I need to ask, Dave, stay quiet for a second, because I know your thoughts on this movie. Uh-huh. I mean, you've talked so many times on this movie. Mm-hmm. Brian, mm-hmm. this is your first time. I want to know first what time. your thoughts were going into this movie. All I knew is that there was something about three seashells. And what were you expecting? I was expecting Sky Stallone, not Sly. I actually honestly did not know until the opening credits that Sandra Bullock was even in the movie. I just knew it was Wesley Snipes and Sly Stallone. And it's actually, I audibly went, ugh, when I saw Sandra Bullock's name. But honestly, didn't bother me in this movie. So good for her. She found one. And now on a scale of one to ten, your personal scale. My Where personal skill. This thing, this this bad boy is at least a seven. That's not high enough. Seventeen, right. I think you mean. Seventeen. Seventeen oh, yeah, yeah, was yeah, the right yeah. answer. Oh, yeah, no, oh, Mike, my my, my mic must have cut out. You missed the t- yeah. It's definitely a seventeen. Seventeen teen. It's so fucking good. I, I just love how. I mean, this movie. What is it? Is it an action movie? Is it a comedy? Is it a satire? What's happening? What is this it's, movie? The answer is yes. It's everything. Is it's, it an incestual masterpiece? Uh, I don't Who know about knows? that part. Uh, it's not in the top viewed movies on Pornhub. Well, I didn't get number 15, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> Demolition, man. Uh, no, this movie is, um, it's everything. It's action. It's a satire. It's, uh, you know what? It, it's almost like, and again, this is another movie that I like. I love Last Action Hero. I think it's a great movie. I'm a big fan of that movie. Me too. Sure. A lot of people hate that movie. I'm a huge fan of it. It's funny because- it takes an idea of these film characters coming to life almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that becomes like a greater threat. And it feels a lot like Woody Allen's Purple Rose of Cairo 
in that aspect of it, but like an evil version of it. Yeah. No, and it's also done by the same guy who directed Die Hard. So that's kind of exciting, too. There's nothing not exciting about Die Hard. This movie always gave me like a last action hero. Like it knows it's having fun. It knows that it's poking at itself. It knows that it's, it's the not best. taking itself seriously. It's amazing. This is what an action movie should be. It shouldn't be like not every action movie needs to like tug in on your like emotional heartstrings all the time. This is just most don't. Most don't. For right. what it's worth. But some of them are just so stupid that you can't even really. But a lot enjoy of them do it. now. Like Olympus has fallen. Like that. Those movies starring uh, the the guy from uh, oh, because of all the Gerard Butler singing scenes. Oh, yeah, it's God. all you have to do to elicit emotion in people is talk out of the side of your mouth. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Olympus has fallen. But, like, there's no, like, tonight we dine in the West Wing. There's no, like, John Spartan's not worrying about protecting a small child in this or saving his daughter or, or, or uh, rekindling his love life. He just wants to fucking punch Simon Phoenix in the face, and that's so refreshing. Ah, I love this movie. It's nice. It's just a, it's a, it's a cat and mouse buddy comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it just, it's so simple, the concept of it, but then there's such a high concept behind it with all the futuristic satire, that it right. just lands. Exactly, right. there's, yeah. There's a lot of, of societal commentary happening, too, and that even too much of a good thing, that kind of premise. Right, but it, it's not even, it's a too much of a good thing. I feel like it's done in a way of like, this is kind of silly, isn't it? Like, we're not trying to predict the future. Whenever you do a time travel movie, like a Back to the Future, something like that, and you predict the future, like Back to the Future Part 2, really, when you predict 1. the future. 21 gigawatts? Sorry. Exactly, that one. Mm-hmm. When you predict the future, you run into trouble because you obviously know you're putting yourself out there in a lot of ways creatively. Sure. If you're wrong, who gives a shit? You're not going to find out for 30 years. It right. doesn't matter. Right. This one is so unrealistic, and I think that's why the setting it three years into the future and then setting it only like 30 years after that, it works so well because of how unrealistic it is and it knows it's unrealistic yeah. exactly it knows it's not taking itself seriously exactly. and i wouldn't even call it unrealistic i would call it an exaggeration for the exact reasons i was talking about exactly before. that yes it is you have a moralistic society that's built on a lie it's a complete facade and it's it's such a simple idea and it's funny ha ha like oh you can't swear in public oh isn't that silly but like if you break it down and you really think about what that's saying about the people that are creating our rules, it really is this great social commentary on who's actually controlling what we consider to be quote unquote wokeness in society. It, it really I agree. Yeah. The the one scene that really stands out to me that sums it all up is the scene where Rob Schneider says, Ha ha, he doesn't know how to use three seashells. To which Sky Stallone walks over to the machine that issues the fines, and he says, "You son of a bitch, you motherfucker!" That is well, and he starts now, swearing. Well, what he says all is, these "Thanks fines a lot, you shit brain fuck face ball breaking duck fucking pain in the ass." Well, now we have to put an explicit thing on this. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> oh, did I just? But get all these fines are coming out, and he says, "Got my toilet paper." Pretty much, <laughs> like that's so perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. that scene sums up the entire movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. This it is. ridiculous concept that. Even a person who's not used to it can still take advantage of the misfirings in your system. Right, and tell you that it's literally, I'm going to wipe my ass with this stuff. Exactly. Because it's just, it's so silly. Oh, <laughs> that's what we call a metaphor. Oh. I will also throw this out there. And first of all, thank God that this movie's rated R, right? This is rated R. It has to be. Yes, yes, it is. Oh, okay, yeah. So thank God it's rated R. 
The second thing, and this is going to be a hot take, so Brian, you can just edit in that air horn. I'll just put a placeholder in that for now. The two best villains that you guys have had on your 74 episodes now of this podcast would be Magneto. Good research. It would be Magneto, and it would Agreed. be Simon Phoenix, because Simon Phoenix is a fucking <laughs> blast. Everything he says, <laughs> it's almost like you're kind of rooting for him. I, I, again, it, it, terrible. He's killing a lot of people, but he's just so goddamn witty the entire time. I have two things to say about Simon Phoenix. Uh, Number scary. one, when they were filming this, and when this movie came out and for the rest of the time, no one in the world has ever had as good of a time as Wesley Snipes yes. is doing in this movie. Oh, and number two, time. if I were Wesley Snipes' this movie, I would go, no, 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 no. I was Simon Phoenix. I'm never paying taxes again. This is... <laughs> <No> <laughs> this movie made himself so cocto that he could just go straight forward. <laughs> oh, oh, see, that's how you make a cocto joke. Oh, I, 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 I stand in the presence of a master. Wesley Snipes, that's right. Oh, man. But yeah, he, I, honestly, my two favorite villains that you've covered so far, uh, I guess Green Goblin's up there too, but Green Goblin, Magneto, and- He's something of a scientist himself. He is something of a scientist himself. By the way, no, how I think not- I think you're right. Wesley yeah. Snipes is having more fun in this movie than Colin Farrell was in Daredevil. Yeah, and it works a hell of a lot better. Oh, oh way better. God. And, and it- I think it's because the movie isn't taking itself seriously. And it, exactly. It's perfect. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, um, one thing that we did skip over in this movie is a line that describes every podcast ever. Uh, well, if you had read my study, you would know that this is how insecure heterosexual males used to bond. <laughs> yep. Nailed it dead on. Yep. yep. Couldn't fit go. that anywhere else. <laughs> but yes, it. I love this movie. I love this movie. This is, I think, my favorite Sylvester Stallone action movie. Completely agree. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. And I even like at one point how they, when Wesley Snipes grabs a gun and he says, all right, Rambo. That's, yes. yeah, that's fantastic. It's perfect. This that's, whole movie's perfect. That's how you Top do down, a wink dick. Perfect. Let me ask you guys a question. Let me answer your question. Rotten Tomatoes, 1-100. Dave, go ahead. 100. <laughs> and Brian? Uh, 70. It's a 62, which is fine. Audience score is 66, and the audience is wrong on this. Yeah, one. that's low. Weirdly, Dave got it right. It should be 100. Yeah. What do you mean, weirdly? <laughs> but go on. Roger Ebert. He saw this movie damn right and did not did. write an article about this movie because he did it on Siskel and Ebert. Oh. Oh. What Roger Ebert had to say was, thumbs up. Yes. What Gene Siskel had to say about this movie was, mostly thumbs up. Oh, fuck you. Okay, so he's got guy. like a 45 degree angle thumb. What does that mean? Uh, I think he I uh, I think he wanted to be a little combative about it. I mean, but that's kind of their thing. I had, a, thing. I had to write down what Ebert said in his show at the movies. I, I typed it all out. Roger Ebert says, unlike a lot of other movies in this genre, it really does have a satiric angle to it. It is really trying to be funny, and it's really trying to comment on the 90s from a point of view from the future, and it does so successfully. He says the action material is pretty high-tech, which I kind of agree with. The special effects are pretty good, which I also agree with. He says it was all okay for this kind of movie. That's it? Just kind of okay? It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah I mean- For like, Ebert he, to say it about this type of movie, that's No, that's true. That's, that is really kind of high-priced. He's absolutely right, right that it has, it has that satire that it's- uh, yeah. It's totally different from the rest of the genre, and it's it's more fun. Well, that's the whole thing about it is that when you have movies like this, like let's compare this thing to a Batman and Robin. How about okay. that? 
where it's a movie that's taking itself sort of seriously, but it's still falling sort of into the campiness. We yeah. haven't talked about it yet. I understand that. Mm-hmm. This movie is trying to be funny. The action takes such a back seat that it's more of a social satire yeah. than anything at all. And it lands full force. Yeah, Absolutely. it lands full force. Um, and I think the action, when it, you know, it's not, you know, constant action, but the action is really good in it. It's okay. Even the action, best. I think, is is done in a way to make it kind of cartoony. Oh, my God. It's so cartoony. That's, well, you have yeah. Wesley Snipes saying he's quippiness like Spider-Man here. Yeah. I mean, he's going at it. He doesn't care. Yeah, he says, like, ole, mid-fight scene. Yeah, Come so on. even even the fight scenes, the action scenes, are still a satire of even the action movie genre. Right. This movie's perfect. The more I talk it, about this movie, the more I love perfect. it. damn perfect. The more I, I love it. so much. Yeah. yeah, you guys are- This is the best birthday I've ever had. convincing me to move my, my personal score up from a I'm 17. I'm telling you, we're breaking a score on this. From a 17 to a 19. Oh. <laughs> uh, Rob Schneider actually became really good friends with Sandra Bullock during filming. And she was like, you should come help with my next movie. And it was, he said it was some bus movie, but he didn't think it would be right. So he didn't take it. What was it? Speed. I've never heard of it. Yeah, never heard of that. Some bus movie? Huh. Uh. So uh, could you imagine Rob Schneider in Speed? As the lead? No. <laughs> Who, Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? He, they weren't thinking about the lead for him, right? There's no way. There's just no way. You know what? I bet you it was probably going to be Jeff Daniels' uh, role. That would. Why? What other lead male characters are in that? It's not going to be Dennis Hopper. And Keanu. Keanu is not going to be Keanu. Honestly, it could have been Keanu. could have been Tom Cruise. Oh my god! Do you, I mean, Tom, like yeah, the, that, Tom Cruise is massive then, but that, yeah, still. that's true. But can well, you imagine? I haven't seen Speed in so long. But yeah, he was like, he's like, he passed on it because he didn't think it was going to be a good movie, and then he became Rob Schneider. Right. Then he got a Twitter account right d- the day after. Oh god, that's not even. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I don't want to do is making copies of those tweets. Yeah. So, ah. so thank God that this movie didn't take the original draft's tone because it was a much more serious, darker tone where Spartan. Ended up, uh, his wife was still alive, and he, he met up with her and ended up with her in the end, even though she was much, much older than him. And they wanted Mickey Rourke for the for the star. Oh, and it's just <laughs> you're gonna say Mickey Rourke for the role of the wife. That would have been great. <laughs> just a dark, serious demolition man with Mickey know. Rourke. I'm not into that at all. No. I think I think famous director Marco Brambilla made the right choice. Oh yeah. my god, um, famous it's probably Brambilla. He I, is he's Italian, he is definitely from. Italy, but yes. it is Brambilla. I actually made sure I checked by watching some sort of YouTube interview with him. <laughs> oh, good. He's actually a he's a he's a modern artist. He does a lot of video compositing work. I could tell because of the way he directed this. Uh, oh, I can't. Yeah, tell. definitely. It's no, most no, apparent I, in the sex scene, scene, actually. Yeah, absolutely. His yeah. usual. I work. could. I, I could buy that. I have some bad news for you guys. Oh. On Amazon.com. Uh oh. There's no monsters. Oh, that's not oh. bad. Yeah. News. Th- it is for us because oh, yeah, out of 1,700 reviews, almost 1,800 reviews, this thing has a 4.7 out of 5. Yeah, you're damn yeah. right it does. It has 79% five-star, 1% one-star. That's and so And they're low, all just, that's... man, this disc is scratched. You know what? That makes sense, though, because this movie's so damn good. Yeah, who could complain about this movie? So to make up for there not being any one-star reviews, I'd like to play a game. Ooh. Ooh. The game we're going to play is a little game we like to call Bet Your Liver. Bet mm. your liver. And the categories I have today are wed bed behead. Naturally. Types of seashells. <laughs> oh, no. And 1996. 
Oh, oh God, I love all of these categories. Oh. And it's basic trivia just about the year 1996. Oh, my I like God. Things that happened. Okay. Because that's the 90s that this movie has completely forgotten about. When you think about it, this movie only takes place 36 years in the future from 1996, and they've already forgotten about toilet paper. That makes two of us by now. That's probably from the great coronavirus outbreak of 2020, of course. That's not from the 2010 earthquake. That's from the the corona. Exactly. And we'll we'll get there after this game. The Rona. So, Dave, as our guest, you have a choice. You have Wedbed Behead, you have types of seashells, Mm -hmm. and you have 1996 trivia. All right, I oof, all these categories sound really good, and I, God, I'd usually do the seashell one, but I've always wanted to do web, bed, behead, wed. Oh, it's wed, like a marry. Yeah, I like thought it was Mary. always like web, like Spider Man. No. Oh. <laughs> I will pick wed, bed, behead. All right. Okay. Your choices are Sylvester Stallone uh-huh. or Sky Stallone, as we know. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Rob Schneider. Oh my God! Well, Rob Schneider's getting killed right away. Wrong answer. Some already. big man is going to pound you. Then I want to let you be aware. Uh huh. Yeah. No, One it's... of these two big men is going to destroy your ass. Two of uh-huh. them, if it's a healthy marriage. That's not wrong. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. I'm... I watched the first two episodes of Tiger King. I know that's a possibility. Okay. So uh, you know what? Rob Schneider's still killing him. Don't care. Um. Rob so... death. Who am I gonna? I'm going to marry Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, the reason being- He's going to cheat on you with the housemaid. Which is fine. I can be in an open relationship with him. That's completely okay. Um, All right. His, his tweets have been fantastic recently. He's been a, a very level-headed guy, and he's probably got great cigars. Um, and then I'm going to fuck Sylvester Stallone because he's A, he's got a huge dick. You got to see him in this movie, Nakey. You do. And guess what? He's got abs on abs on abs. So Yeah, he does. Yeah. That, I'm going with that. Yeah. I, I think that's All right. the right choice. That's probably the right answer. I'll oh, know. my God. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Good for you. Brian, go ahead. I'd like to do some 96 trivia. In 1996, in the magazine 16, who was the biggest teen heartthrob? Oh. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It was yes, Jonathan Taylor JTT himself. No oh way. God. I can't believe I got what that. What subscriptions did you have? Uh, 16. <laughs> oh, 17. <laughs> what was it? What's the magazine called? I don't even know. Uh, I had everything that jo- Jonathan Taylor Thomas was in. Obviously. You had sisters. That's what it was. Yes, I did. Good for you. One of them was oh, born that year, though. <laughs> Still, JTT, he doesn't, he doesn't discriminate. Dave, go ahead. Well, I got to go seashells. So types of seashells, uh-huh. is, uh, it's a ruse. Uh-oh. Oh, God, uh-oh. I already had the seashell page for Wikipedia open. Oh, that's a mistake. Types of seashells is, I'm going to give you three different items, and you're going to pick what you want sitting next to your toilet in order to replace the three seashells. Oh, okay. that's So this is, a, this is a butt-cleaning apparatus. Correct. Okay. And the first ones I have for you, Dave, are a baseball bat, <laughs> a ping-pong paddle, and a golf club. Oh, oh my god. My god. <laughs> well, I know the right answer. Um You get to pick one to keep next to your toilet in triplicate in, in order triplicate to clean, order to clean your bottom. My ass. Okay, and that was a golf club, a, a baseball bat, and a ping pong paddle. Um right. The, all right, this is an easy answer, guys. And the answer I think is so. ping pong paddle. Absolutely and I'll tell you the reason is. why. Yes. If you say beer fest, it's a problem. Shit and pancakes all week. All week. <laughs> there, there's two There's two reasons why. One, uh, you're getting the flat surface, much like a uh, seashell would pro- provide, so you can use that. 
Um, Seashells are are not flat at all. Well, uh, compared to a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, but the baseball bat's got the handle. It's got the knob on the end. It might be able to do something. No, no, no. Here's the other thing. No. Uh, ping pong paddles will have that, like, protective covering on it, like that kind of, like, bubble. Like, oh, we so, oh, uh, scientifically texture. it's called rubber. Well, let's not get science involved in this, Dave. You're right. Yes. Sorry. It yeah, has that texture on it, though. Yeah, I that, just want to let everyone know Dave was not here right now. That was actually just Dr. Fauci. He stopped by to quickly say rubber. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to call it rubber. I want to call it uh, that that kind of uh, squishy material that you can also use in tires. I don't know. Yeah, rubber. We, we don't need to. I, let's not call it rubber. You know, it's the squishy stuff. But that, and it's got those little bumps on it. I feel like that would be able to really dig deep and get that stuff out of there. Yeah, it, it yeah. would ex- exfoliate. And it's the most ergonomic of the options. I agree. That's true. How are you going to handle a golf club? What are you, Tiger with his wife? <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> that was a reference from years ago. <laughs> Brian, go ahead. I want seashells, too. Of course you do. <laughs> of course. Now that the cat's out of the bag. Brian, your choices are a beer bottle, a wine bottle, and a beer can. Oh, my oh God. My God. That's awful. Oh. Oh, Gotta God. Got to your butt. Oh. What are you going to use? Empty or full? That's not on me to decide. Okay, I just wrote Brian. Oh my God, that's. I was expecting something fun like Dave's, easy to oh, pick. God, you really. Well, Dave's our guest. And yeah, no, he just matched your meat on this one. <laughs> I know. Second time <laughs> sure he did. Don't care. This one's really licking my ass. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> uh, I think I'm gonna go wine bottle. Oh my God. Why? Um. Well, because uh, beer bottle has a metal cap, and that's gonna do. Serious damage down there, mm, whereas a cork okay. is a much softer on that kind of <laughs> surface. Yeah, uh, and, and it can, but it's al- not aluminum because the, is the cork is inside the bottle, so you're really just getting glass. Yeah, but at least I'm not getting rounded metal. glass. Or you could just open the bottle and just have empty bottles. Okay, also. but then it's still you glass. made this rule for yourself. It's still glass, and at that point, okay. you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I I've seen the eighteenth most popular video on Pornhub and I'm not sticking <laughs> anything that's glass near that hole. That's fair. Yeah. Dave, go ahead. Oh boy. Uh you know what? I have not done uh ninety six, so let's do that. We already found out JTT was the biggest teen heartthrob. Mm-hmm. Who was the sexiest man alive? Ooh, in nineteen ninety six, the sexiest man alive. Oh God, I know the answer to that one. And it is Frank Stallone. It is not. What? It is Denzel Washington. Oh, of course oh, it is. Oh, my God. Yeah, Ooh, so you need to drink. Oof. All right. Hold on. Let me grab this. Guinness. As are the rules. I just drained my Guinness. By the way, that, that Frank Stallone reference was a uh, Saturday Night Live reference from a long time ago. I got it. It, it didn't land, but it's fine. Is drain the Guinness a euphemism? <laughs> it is. It it's might a, be. Uh, it's like putting a beer can up your butthole to get the poop out. Yeah, oh, you, don't, you, you don't want to use a can. Yeah, beer can was the correct answer to that one. How? <laughs> You, you, you just crumple drain it, it out. Circumference. That's, that's oh, it. What? You crumple it up crumple and you stick it up. Yeah. Why would you crumple up the can? Why oh, would boy. you? That's how you. That's how you get tetanus. Brian, go ahead. Let me get one of those wet bed beheads. Brian, your choice is Jack Nicholson Joker, mm-hmm. Heath Ledger Joker, mm-hmm. and Jared Leto Joker. Mm-hmm. We're killing the Jared Leto Joker. We're what, marrying... You guys are answering the kill real fast. We're, we're marrying <laughs> Heath Ledger. Really? And we're okay. definitely fucking Jack I'm Nicholson. I've got to make that dick disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that was too easy. You ever, yeah. I don't like it. You ever fuck with I the don't devil like it. in the pale moonlight? 
I don't like that at all. That's I'm going to give you another one. That, was, that seemed way too easy. I'm going to give you another one. Okay, okay. Your choices are Marty McFly, yep. Doc Brown, Biff Tannen, go. Okay, okay. This is, oh, I'm going to kill Ooh, Biff. Yeah. Probably the right answer. He's a bully. Ooh, uh, but he does have a lot of money in uh, Back to the Future 3. Two. Two. My mistake. I apologize. Yeah, but but he's also president. So, no? <laughs> Wouldn't that Real be politically crazy? charged podcast tonight. All right. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be crazy if we had some egomaniacal millionaire as president? Uh, I am going to... Make buttheads great again. <laughs> <laughs> Wed Marty. I'm going to fuck Doc Brown. Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh, man. That went the opposite way that I thought it would. <laughs> oh, somebody wants us. Somebody said, I can't even say it without laughing. Somebody wants You're going to fuck Doc Brown. Yeah, I am. Why? Uh, just because. Einstein, come film this. <laughs> wow. You know what? Me and, this, me and Doc for Brown. For what it's worth, mm-hmm. you can fuck in different decades mm-hmm. for life. For You're always going to have a thrill. Yeah, and uh, you know, finally, I would have something in common with Doc Brown, and that would be one point twenty-one inches. Got him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was using inches, sir. I'll take the layup. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, I know you set me up. Mm-hmm, it's fine. It's, mm-hmm. That's life. That's life now. Yep. We take layups. Dave, go ahead. All right, I'm going back to uh, wed bed behead. Your choices, uh-huh. because as the time of recording, WrestleMania just happened. Fuck yeah, it did. Your choices are Chris Jericho, Dolph Ziggler, and The Miz. Oh, my God. All right, so Chris Jericho, Dolph Ziggler, The Miz. Right. Ooh, boy, that's a tough one. Um, Well. That one's for all of our wrestling listeners out there. That's a tricky one. Both yeah, of you. is. Well. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to marry Chris Jericho because he is Duh. the David Bowie of professional wrestling. Um, right, he's li- living on a prayer. He's hot Jovi. Oh, God, he's the best, man. He's just he's he's Mount Rushmore conversation worthy, I think. Let's see. And then I have to kill the Miz or I have to kill Dolph Ziggler. They're both from oh, <laughs> they're both from Ohio, which is gross. Um, <laughs> agreed. Completely agree. Yeah. yeah. I live um, there. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with um Dolph Ziggler. Just for fucking because of his abs. He's got You're gonna fuck him. Oh yeah. yeah. You and Amy, you and Amy Schumer are gonna be Eskimo somethings. Yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> and plus he's got so many abs. So yeah, the Miz, I like the Miz. He's a great heel. Uh very underappreciated still, I think, to this day, but he's dead. Sorry. Well, all right. Yeah. Mm. Brian, go ahead. Give me one of those ninety sixes. What was the best selling album of nineteen ninety six? Oh of nineteen ninety six. I'm trying to think of where I was in 96 and what music was playing while I was there. I'm going to go with- 96 trivia is tricky. Yeah, that's hard. I'm going to go with Smash Mouth. No. Oh, wait. Hold on. Let me take a guess <laughs> before he, y- you say it. Um, Sure. Brian, you're drinking. Yeah, Dave, I Brian. am definitely drinking. All right. 1996, best-selling album of the e- of the year? Of the year. Duh. Stupid question. Um, <laughs> no, of drink. the week. Right. <laughs> All right, fine. Drink. I was going to say so, uh, Sublime Self Entitled. You were going to say what? S- self Entitled? No, no, no. Sublime <laughs> Self Entitled album. Oh. Drink. I still. Oh, God damn it. It's weirdly a, a relevant album because it is Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. Oh, my oh. God. Really? Good for her. There you go. Dave, go ahead. 
So my let's see. So my topics are which man am I going to sleep with? Which thing am I going to stick up my asshole? And how am I going to embarrass myself by my lack of knowledge when I was nine? Um, yep. All that. Yeah. Choose wisely. You're on to my game. Yes. Let's go. Uh, you know, let's go. Let's go back to back. Ninety six trivia. What was the biggest song of the year? That the is the likely follow up of the year for 1996. These are all courtesy of BuzzFeed.com. This is great. President was Bill Clinton. Um, oh my god, I think I know what it is. I'm going to take a wild guess. Is it the Macarena? It is the Macarena. Oh Hell yeah! Yes. I still remember all the words to Macarena too. The Macarena written by Pac-Man. Um, actually, there are lyrics to the Macarena. I'm sure there are. It's a filthy song too. I think. Yeah. It's about um somebody I I think it's like a woman whose husband is going off to the navy and she's sleeping around on him or something like that. It's something uh, yeah, a lot yeah. like that. A Jace. Dave, give me those seashells. Your seashell choices are a PlayStation controller, mm-hmm. an Xbox controller, mm-hmm. and a Switch Joy-Con. Mm, Switch Joy-Con. Oh, without a doubt. Why? That thing's not going to do anything for you. It's too little. What? How big is it your has no ang- angles. It has nothing to get up to shit. Angles. Angles? How many angles does your toilet paper have? It has lots of angles. I do origami whenever I make my toilet paper. <laughs> shoving, in the butt region. Paper cranes. Do you have up any your idea ass? how many cranes are going up there? It's insane. <laughs> I get them all up there. See, now if I were you, I would have said PlayStation controller, Xbox controller, or classic Game Boy. Ooh. Why? Um, because they're all similar girths. No, <laughs> oh God, can we not use no? Because I I put Joy-Con in there because that's obviously the wrong answer, and you no, chose it. It is definitely the most right answer. Your asshole's never going to get clean. Okay, I'm going to tell you why Joy-Con is the right answer, and your asshole's also going to lag on platformer games no, from now on. A Joy-Con has a fucking wrist strap, which is essential if you're hovering over the toilet. Bam! Thank you, Dave. Yes. <laughs> But still, wrong. I've got oh, ass ultimately wrong. Oh. You're foolish. Last round. Dave, go ahead. Let's do wed, bed, behead. Your choices are Simon Phoenix, <laughs> John Spartan, and Shep Ramsey from Suburban Command. Oh, my God. Just shoot me. Can I marry them all? But I wouldn't um, want to visit. <laughs> oh, God. I, this is, I wish I was uh, a Mormon right Novak's now. Novak's asshole, but I wouldn't want to Oh, my visit. God. So I got to kill. It's a nice place to live. Oh, God. This is going to pain me, but I'm going to have to kill Hogan. What? Chef Ramsey is impossible to kill. What are you doing? I'm going to tell you why. He's an alien. We don't know what his penis looks like. Not wrong. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's just dangerous. At that point, I'm Not going wrong. to uh, marry John Spartan. And I'm going to, you better believe your ass on banging out Simon <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> eh. mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Simon says. Simon says, marry me. Or fuck me. Which one was that? I don't remember anymore. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Yeah. Brian, last one. Go ahead. Give me one more seashell. All right. Your choices for seashell are a pint glass, <laughs> a tulip glass, <laughs> and a shot glass. Jesus. Wow. Um, what's I, going up that butt, and what's going to make it all clean and better? <laughs> I don't like that you say going up the butt. 
it might go up the butt. Who knows? Sometimes, know sometimes it works. happens. No one okay. knows. Now, now you've stated the rules of this is that there are three of them, correct? There needs to be three of them next to your toilet at all times. I... Yes. Poop will get in- inevitably get on. Well, naturally. And you will be cleaning these things on the reg. I mean, we due to the poop. We hope he's cleaning them on the reg. Yeah. Otherwise, oh, what kind of world is this? Yeah, it's like a gas station. Uh, see, now this one is tough because a shot glass does seem like it could be too small. You're right. Mm. This is the Joy-Con argument. No, it's not because you're not because Joy-Con is is solid. You're think not of really that, scooping think of that hook, it. that little hook thing that the PlayStation controller has. Uh, no, that's mm. no. It's got okay. the kind of it's a little pointy on the end when you think about it. It might help. See, tulip glass, I think, is the completely opposite shape you want it to be. So I think I have to go pint glass. All around, pine glass. Oh, yeah. God. Terrible decision. I mean, I, I completely would... agree. I would have gone tulip glass in a second. Shot glass in a second. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. Think... Wow. I see where All Dave's right. coming from. Tulip glass is definitely my last pick. Really? I like the curve on it. I think it's going to help. Yeah. First see, of I all, think it's, it's going to help with this. It's going to act like a shovel for the shit. Mm, yeah. The leftovers. It's, it's going the wrong way, though. I'll make it work. No, that's no, all right. No. First off, if I angle the right way and I spread enough, I think I'll make it work. Also, it has more of an opportunity to snap at the base, and then you got a sharp piece of glass going into your ass. And, and then plus, where are you putting your- Oh, t- you're doing it from the stem? No, I'm just saying that it's possible. Are you suggesting the whole thing will disappear up my asshole Houdini style? I mean, I don't know your bathroom procedures. It's bad. I got IBS, I think. Oh, God. Well, see, you got to be careful about that stem then. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> all right, Dave. That's because I just because I think I have IBS doesn't mean more things are gonna be able to fit at my asshole huh? in a deeper way. Maybe. I think I would use like the 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 lip of the tulip glass to kind of appropriately shave off whatever's there, like a seashell, if you will. This is a disgusting conversation. <laughs> and Dave, most importantly, <laughs> where are you putting your tulips? They're gonna be probably next to me in the cutout that I'm gonna make. Like the seashell cutout, like they have in this movie. Oh, okay, fair. I'll call it the bar. They were metal seashells, by the way. They were, in fact, metal seashells. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Well, that was a disgusting, disgusting game. I hope you guys get shut down. Yeah, thank I'm God declaring for Dave. Dave, Dave is the winner. Dave Novak is the winner of this this week's. Oh, thank you, thank you. Bet Please your liver. I mean, thank he's you. the one who got one wrong, but uh-huh. okay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> well, was I though? Was I? It's whose line rules. This I mean, did I even really get the Macarena question right, or did I look it up online? Who knows, I mean, Brian? The amount we're of never gonna time know. you were delaying, I knew you looked we're it up. We're never going to know. Because it we'll took me half know. the time to look it up. Bop, 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 bop. Oh, you guys are fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> this, this game's hard remotely. Let's give this thing a super stuff score. All right. But first, this is an actual IMDb trivia fact. Ooh. Ooh. Simon Phoenix had a strikingly similar hairdo to the character Blade, also played by Wesley Snipes. Get out of town. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I did if not you, know that. If you can believe it, same guy had the same hair. Oh, my And goodness. this has been your actual no, IMDb about trivia fact. The more you know. Info assimilated. <laughs> Let's give this thing a super stuff score. Okay. First off, story and motivation. One. One? I think you're right. It's a one. You got a guy who got frozen because he committed a crime he didn't commit, and you got a guy who got frozen because he's a bad dude, and then they had to unfreeze the good guy to fight the bad guy in to the future. To fight the bad guy, unfreeze. because it's, it's wonderful. the bad it's guy was wonderful. part of a plot that, yeah, it, it all checks out. Hero. One. Nailed it. Hero. Also a one. Yeah? I, 
yeah, I gotta agree. I mean, uh, I mean, he uh, had a uh, he had to assimilate to the future in order to stop Simon Phoenix. Yep, which is very important. The ability to adapt. Uh, I mean, he also still keeps his old school cop instincts in there. Sure. He's going to get a gun, Adrian. He kind of changes the future to suit himself more than he adapts to the future. Yeah, not wrong. Yeah. But still, but it works. Still. One. One. He's, he's amazing. No, you know what? I, I did. I, I actually think of a, I, there is a point two five point deduction, and it's in the very beginning when they're showing the um the uh, the old like media articles about him and the, the things. There's a reporter that's asking him why he destroyed a $20 million shopping mall to, to save a girl whose only ransom was like $15,000 or something like that. And that's a legitimately good question. So I'm sorry. Yeah, it was but the a little girl's million... answer was perfect. Oh, I'm sorry. Did he save the girl? Yeah. How can you justify destroying a $7 million mini mall to rescue a girl whose ransom was only $25,000? You know what? Uh, because maybe fuck just... you. Yeah. Well, maybe just pay the $25,000. Good answer. Good answer. That's not on him. That's on the government. All right. One point five. out there to do the job. <laughs> we'll settle at a one. How about that? Right. the other way. One it is. We'll feel bad about it. Villains. Uh, it's it's Simon Phoenix. Simon Phoenix is a is the baddest of the bad. Is he though? He finds a way to kill the guy who corrupted him. Can you imagine if Derek Zoolander? That's because the had, guy who corrupted had thrown him was a gun lazy. to Owen Wilson and said, "Kill Mugatu." That's pretty much what this is. This is, I mean, and I said it before. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you making the Zoolander argument? Of course I am. All right. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to invoke Simon the Zoolander Phoenix's argument. programmed here is to kill the Prime Minister of Edgar Friendly, Dennis Leary, whereas Zoolander had to kill the Prime Minister of Malaysia. Listeners might not know this, but we're only allowed to invoke the Zoolander defense once in the entire podcast, and Dave is choosing it today. So I, I say yes, whatever your score I could have invoked it last week because- what is this? A school for ants? And I chose not to. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, wow, no. Invoking the Zoolander defense means whatever Dave picks is the answer here. Two. Oh, no. It's a, really? It's a two? Yes, we're going two. Brian, open the door. Yes. I'm, I'm sprinting through it. You yes, know what? Yes, yes. You know what? It's your birthday, so I'll allow it. It's my it. birthday. I'm going to say, no, 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 no. This is the Zoolander defense. Mm-hmm. This is not the birthday defense. Okay, uh, listen, but... I think you would have two. an argument to make about a two, even if there was, was no Zoolander defense. This is the most fun I've had with a villain ever. He's the best. He's something. Oh, Brian. He's Brian, he's Brian, officially, Brian. based on our super stuff score, on par with Heath Ledger's Joker now. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. This all checks out. Yeah, he's I a wild card. That. I don't know what he's going to do. Magneto didn't get a two? Jesus Christ. Let's talk, Because the X-Men movies are terrible. Let's talk about parents. Sorry, Steven. The zero. Um, yeah. Wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Um, We do have one parent death. Kind of. His wife dies. No. His it wife is, is not his parent. Don't wait. Just because time. he's fucking his daughter doesn't mean he, he's married to his mother. Sorry, I was getting confused That's, with some of the Pornhub videos. Nope, not how it works. You're right. Zero. All right. Female characters. I'm going to go with, oh boy, uh, 0.75. All right. Well, let me hear that. Because she's eager. And she wants to get out there and have some real action because she knows she's a cop. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. But she is also glow sticked or whatever to unconsciousness at the end doesn't do anything at the end. And now what's what's bothering me right now is that you keep saying she in the singular. Who are you suggesting? Uh, I'm suggesting that she's the only female character in this movie. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. Um, Uh, Okay, 0.5. Yeah, here's the Not wrong. (laughs) I was leaning towards a 0.5. I think the positive are she kicks a lot of ass. She has that one fighting scene at the end. She shoots that Mm -hmm, dude mm -hmm. right in the fucking chest. She kills Um, a guy, yeah. And and she's like, I just removed a life from a human being. Yeah. And she seems so sad, but she got over it very quickly. 
she outshines Rob Schneider and Dennis Leary. It's I mean it's obviously it's Sandra Bullock, so come on. Ugh, um ugh. early Bullock though. Every line that she has is fucking fantastic, but the negatives are she's like her whole life is based around this one John Spartan guy. That's it. Like it's a little weird. It doesn't pass the Bechtel test. As Brian said, there's there's one woman in the future. That's really she it. might be his daughter and they have virtual sex. Yeah. I mean, this is like <laughs> Star Wars episode four levels of like no This is like rest. top ten porn hub. Well most watched all time. Only only like sixty or seventy percent of them. No, you know what? I'm I'm comfortable with a point five because she's, yeah, I think point five is the way to go. Excellent character and for perfect ni- for 1993. I mean, this is this is leaps and bounds, and it's a Sandra Bullock role that doesn't bother me. So even better setting L.A., but it's the future. So San Angeles, we barely see. I apologize. Then in that case, it's lower because I did say L.A. I'll go point two five. We don't really see a lot. Some of the set pieces are pretty good. There's the whole oh, they underground like an office park, really, tell you the truth. Well, they did that on purpose because they they wanted people to have the sense that the future is still it's kind of boring because of all these rules. Yeah. I, the only reason I would go with point five is because uh, the the having the city underneath is such a cool callback to Seattle, which is actually kind of like that. Uh, if you go to Seattle, they actually have a city underneath the city due to a, a major catastrophe. So it's mm-hmm historically accurate 0.5 you're not buying it all right i i also i also like dave's i'm not point. against it though i like dave's point earlier that there should be more taco bells <sighs> oh i forgot i even said that there should be more taco bells yeah and you just admitted that you like a point that dave made too that's that's gotta be tough to swallow yeah 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 i don't you like know, that at all all right so, sometimes when it's a man's birthday all right, you lower agree it. with him all right yeah 0.25 let's talk about style and tone Ew, one it's perfect Ew, one. <laughs> Uh, 1.5 oh my goodness he's our guest i mean explain yourself though have you seen all right this is the seven have you seen demolition man (laughs) yes (laughs) that's it yes i i can say yes i have seen this movie then 1.5 this is the 74th episode of this podcast happy 74 guys have you seen any (laughs) other movie like this in the other 74 that was you just had this giddy sensation afterwards Yes, Toxic Adventure. Toxic Adventure, yeah. <laughs> and, what, and and Toxic Adventure probably got, what, a point and a half for Silent Tone? So this is equal to that. I don't know. We should really up the score on Toxic Adventure and Toxie too, because Lloyd Kaufman himself thanked us for it. He sure did. Wait, did he really? Toxic Adventure got a, on Instagram. a solid one for Silent Tone, by the way. Lloyd Kaufman wrote to us on Instagram and said, thanks from Toxie and thanks from moi. From oh, that's moi, awesome. Which is super French. I love it. Yeah, now me, Brian, and Kyle from the Experience Grind podcast are best friends with Lloyd Kaufman. Hey, hey, you want to dig even deeper in this uh, Lloyd Kaufman relationship? I uh, So occasionally I like to write short stories. I like to submit them. I occasionally get published. It's a little hobby I have. And I got published in a magazine called Crooked Shift, I think it was called. And the opening interview was with a Mr. Lloyd Kaufman. So we were, Our best friend. Yeah, we were published in the same magazine, which is now... Uh, immediately defunct, I think, after that first edition. But hey, what are you going to do? Um, yeah, point and a half. Point and a half. There you go. He's our guest. I think, I mean, silent tone, right? So that would be what we already talked about, how this would be kind of like a satire on modern political systems, how it's a satire mm-hmm. on action movies in general. Mm-hmm. I, we, waxed, we waxed poetically on that for like half an hour. So <laughs> edited time is half an hour. We waxed poetically on it for like an hour and a half. Yeah, I think that I think there's a good argument to make for over a point. I'll allow it. There we go. Yes. Music. 
It's fine. Sting is at the end, and that usually reduces points in my book. Sting? I mean, the whole sucks, movie is sucks hard. based on a Sting song, so... Yeah, I'll go zero. Zero? I hate it. Okay, you hate the music, Sting, or just Sting? Sting sucks. Sting sucks uh, a lot. Can, okay. Sting and the police are terrible. But let give... me counter. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Elliot Goldenthal a lot the last few weeks. Yeah. Because um, he did the music for, what was it, Batman Forever? He did. Uh, which where we also reference <laughs> he did across the universe and Alien Three and Titus the music that Three Hundred stole. So in our last like five episodes, we've talked about Elliot Goldenthal like three times. Yeah, I'm okay going zero on music for this. He thing. did and win he, an ASCAP award in 1994 yeah. for this score, which I, I don't I, know if that means anything. Come on, but I did come want on. to say it doesn't. ASCAP. It doesn't. I, uh, fair enough. Okay, I didn't realize that there's even music in this. However, I do want to give it a point two five for one reason because I think the gag about the commercials, commercial was jingles. Yes. Oh, we should do that. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah, that's at least that's a, a really good gag. That's at least a point two five. Point two five. Point two five for that's jingles. A really good gag. Yes. One liners. Two. Oh my goodness, I love it. Impact on the genre. Seven. I like how fast Brian <laughs> moved on. There like, was yep, there was two. no discussion uh, for one liners. Impact on the genre uh, is it's probably uh, I don't know. There is no it's impact a, on the genre with this. It, none. It, it's probably like a point five. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an action lot. movie. Yeah, it's an action movie. Point two five. Point five. You pick. I don't care. I would say I'm just looking at this budget right now. It was a fifty-seven million dollar budget, and on its opening weekend, it got fourteen million. Mm-hmm. Uh, point two five. I'd have to say, it, unfortunately, its, it's gross was just barely over its budget. But we do know that it ran worldwide because of the whole Pizza Hut edit. No, that's yeah, true. But I'm, all, I'm also seeing that the gross was one hundred fifty nine point one million. So it it looks like it. it oh, did you see that? Okay, Wikipedia. Every I didn't type it in or anything. Uh, yeah, IMDb only showed the gross domestic as fifty eight million. All right, well that's it then. How about we go with a point two five max because it's. It didn't do much. Let's stick it with a point two five. Yeah, that that works. The total for Demolition Man is an eight point seven five. It's too low. That's we way too up. low. That is uh, so up high. That that's um, probably eleven points too low. Yeah, I'd say. I would yeah, conservatively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm still ranking it as a seventeen, personally, ridiculous. For it to fall I, I under a apologize to all of our listeners. We fucked up. Oof. That's on us. Honestly, Oof. guys, I was just unsubscribed from this podcast right now. You probably should at this point. Uh, we don't know what we're talking about. Pack it about. in, call it a day. It's all arbitrary. doesn't matter. 8.75? 8.75. I mean, I would agree with it if the scale was up to 8.75. Even then, it's too low. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Speaking of probably needing to unsubscribe, you should subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you really like us, you should give us a, a really good review like we just did Demolition Man. Give us a, a, a five star. Leave a little comment. That's always fun. You can like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kate Podcasters. We also have a Patreon, like we talked about earlier. You can uh, subscribe to that for some exclusive non-super movies and some other Ooh. goodies that we have coming out very, very soon or are already out, depending on when this drops. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to katepodcasters at gmail.com. Dave Novak, Ginger Skull, thank yes. you for being here. You are an incredibly oh. sensitive man who inspires joy, joy feelings and all those around you. I am still <laughs> elated with my joy, joy feelings, and let's see if I have any other lines. Uh, buh, 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 buh. Uh, I think we really licked the ass of this movie. You, uh, you said that one already. What you could have said was, "I wish you would be well." To which you would respond, "Be fucked." <laughs> That's another one. Be fucked. Yes. This has been a blast, guys, and I just I want to leave you on this last little note. 
Uh, this movie included virtual meetings. It included virtual dating and virtual sex. Uh, there is a discrimination or a prohibition against the exchange of bodily fluids. There is a talk about a celebrity president. There is no handshaking involved. And there is a lack of toilet paper. This movie is now. Boom. There you have it. Bam. Thanks for having me. Brian, what are we talking about next week? Next week, uh, our, our podcast happens to come out on a date that's uh, I- April 20th, also known as 420. 420. Uh, so the movie we're going to be covering appropriately is Sky High. I think I'm misunderstanding what the point of that movie is. You ever seen Sky High? I've never seen it. No. I have, and I liked it. I'm curious to see if I still like it. I've heard very good things as far as children's superhero movies go. Oh, so it's not like Zoom. Hopefully. So we'll see you next week for Sky High. Same pod time. Same pod. Phoenix! So that's Demolition Man. Dave, what do you think happens after the credits? What I think happens after the credits is we see all the credits roll. Everyone's doing their thing. You got a lead man. You got a gaffer. You got a best boy. Everyone's there. And then the movie just starts again because this movie is so goddamn good that why not just play it again after the credits? Just just right away, just play it again. Good answer. Fucking Demolition Man. And you know what that means? You take an 8.75, you multiply that by two, that gives you at least a 23. Nailed it. Branch the score. Nerdy Thursday math. Yep. Bam. Dave, what do you think happens after the crowd? Okay. So I think they go back to wherever the cryogenic storage place was, right? And it's, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of fire. There's sparks. There's smoke. It's, it's you know, the, finally the dust is hopefully finally settling. All of a sudden on a wall, you see a shadow of some great beast. You start to rise and get bigger and bigger and bigger. This monstrous looking animal, whatever it is. And in the darkness, all you hear is, yo quiero Taco Bell. oh that's great (laughs) that's so good Uh, Brian what do you think happens post credits I think we get a trailer for another movie oh boy Rob Schneider wanted nothing more than to be a police officer one day he accidentally (laughs) fell into an ice prison and was cryogenically frozen for 30 years he's about to find out police work in the 2030s is a lot harder than it looks Rob Schneider is the dispatcher perfect perfect (laughs) this movie just in the in the perspective of Rob Schneider (laughs) 